Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Hello there. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Um, welcome. <laughs> good night. Welcome to um, the increasingly intermittent adventures of Dyson Robs. Um, I am one of your hosts. My name is Rob Wickings. I am a writer and a podcaster and an occasional DJ and all that good stuff creative stuff with me is my co-host um mr rob maythorn hello i am rob as well and i am a podcaster and occasional writer and occasional film buff i suppose is what my main jobs are these days yeah that sounds fair enough occasional film um, buff. so you watch the occasional film and then less and less these days yes <laughs> yes I'm, I'm currently in the process of clearing out my dvd collection oh um, which some of you will understand is a big thing because this collection I've been building for 20 years now. That is a big thing. Uh, I, I have seen the photos of, of the uh, shelves. Yeah. It is terrifying. And it is. It's, it's a large collection. And increasingly, I just, A, I don't watch them very much and I haven't got the room for anymore. I've got a daughter mm. and uh, she has things and toys and lots of pink castles that to take up room. So the DVDs are being culled. And to be honest, if I'm brutally honest, a lot of them are films that are, they're fine, but I'm never watching them again. I'm just never watching them again. You know, I've got, uh, the one, the film that has triggered this all for me is the remake of The Manchurian Candidate. Oh, okay. Which is, the first one's a good film. Yes, the, the first second one's one, classic. second one is a fine film. Mm. It's fine. Yeah. And I, I saw it on the shelf and thought, it's, why am I keeping that? Beyond this sense of having a lot of DVDs. Mm. Yeah, that's a, um, that sort of sense of completion, isn't it? That whole yeah. curatorship. So it's a question of, I'm, I'm, I'm basically I'm in the process of, A, clearing out the, uh, the dead wood and trying to focus more on things that genuinely mean something more to me. Mm-hmm. So the VHS is staying. Oh, right. Okay. Yes. Um, and that collection may grow a little bit. And some of my old film film bits. So I've got a small collection of 8mm and 60mm films. Work on collecting some more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than a giant pile of obscure 90s action horror movies. Exactly. I mean, for me, um, DVD-wise, um, I... I sort of did the thing a few years ago now where they're the same sort of thing as, as as Rob. They're all up on shelf sitting and we just ran out of shelf space. So mm. we wanted to hang on to the books. We wanted to hang on to the vinyl. So we did that. And with the DVDs, we thought, you know, what we'll do, we'll, we'll box them up. We'll put them in the cupboard under the stairs, which is which is accessible from, from the front room. So if we want to dig a DVD out, we can do. Mm. out of sight out of mind i can't remember the last time i physically picked up a dvd and put it into our blu-ray player yeah same for me part of the process i've had two bags in the loft of the really terrible the really obscure horror movies i own Mm. and i i just thought they've been in the loft now for two years and i've never once had the desire to get them down there's a world of content out there at my fingertips, both at home, physical, I believe in physical media. I think physical media is an important thing to keep. Mm. But I'm just never getting them out. It just isn't happening. So my plan now is to, you know, pull them apart and offer them out somehow. My whole neighbourhood are doing this thing where people leave, like, toys and clothes and books into their, into their drive and say, come up yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to do something similar, but it's going to be a bit more, because a lot of these films are not for kids. <laughs> All of these films are not for kids. No, absolutely They're barely not. for adults. <laughs> um, so there'll be a case of, I'm going to say, look, I've got a big box of horror movies. These are not, these are all 18s and up. If you want them, let me know, and I'll come and put them out for you at this time to pick up. But I'm not going to leave them on the side of the road. That feels like being a bad neighbour. No, that's fair enough. I did exactly the same thing. Uh, had a little bit of a, it was a tiny cull. It was a collette of, um, mm. of, of the books that... I knew I was never going to read anymore, so I boxed them up, put them out front, and lo and behold, not a sniff, not a tiniest hint of interest. So that box is now back indoors, and it's it's going off to um, it's going off to a charity. Like that sort of saddened me away. Yeah, the fact that no one showed the slightest interest, even in the fact there was a Stephen King in there, there was a Lee Child in there, stuff like that. Mm. There's a little bit of interesting nonfiction, but no, nothing, not the slightest bit of interest. Oh, that's a shame. I know. Cavisham shit clearly is a, a dearth of culture. See, I, I, I wouldn't have said that, but obviously... I live here. Of course I'm not going to say that. But no, sadly, it looks like um, 
I don't know. We we I mean we don't get the through traffic, obviously, you know. No. All house road does have a cemetery with the road and um the school traffic that would normally be up and down there delivering to the, the school at the bottom of the road, that's obviously not been around. So yeah, of course. that's basically been it. So it's either gonna be the neighbours or the occasional funeral, more mm. than the occasional their um they're stacking up. I can imagine. Yes. Yes, let's, let's move swiftly on from that. Yes, yes. We do, I suppose, need to address the two elephants in the room, guys, a little bit. We are recording this episode in the midst of the corona pandemic mm. and the midst of the riot protests in America and England um, around the uh, increasing police brutality. So this show isn't going to be about those, probably not. I'd like um, to hope not actually, but hopefully it, will, not. It, will, it will certainly be coloured by um, by, yes. by current events. It would feel disingenuous to not mention that's what we are doing and when we are recording this stuff. Absolutely. Um, so I will throw some links in to the show notes about supporting people and things going through those situations at the moment. Yep. If you want to support them, um, please do. Um, but without further ado beyond that, I have some dice in my hand. Marvellous. Um, should we just mention the central conceit, bearing in mind it's probably, yes, been, it's, of course. It's probably been about six months since we did one of these, isn't it? I feel like it's, it's infrequent is a way to throw it. It feels more like the 20-year you know, sequel that comes, related <laughs> sequel, you know. This is Rambo, whatever it is now, where like, 30 years later, they drag us out of retirement to make a show. No, it happens every once in a while, you know. They, they, they dust, dust, dust the, the cobwebs off put the wig back on slightly skew with cakers in, in, in makeup and wheel us out on our, our squeaking yes. undercarriages and, <laughs> and there we are so the, the central conceit is um we have 25 subjects for discussion um rob is holding two dice one of which is a 20-sided a d20 the other is a six-sided d6 your average classic dice mm-hmm. um Rob will roll the d20 first. 1 to 19 will be subjects 1 to 19. If he rolls a 20, he will then roll the d6. If he rolls a 1 to 5, it will be then either 21 to 25. If he rolls a 6, we go back and uh, talk about subject 20. This does, of course, mean I've just realised that it it makes it statistically much more difficult for us to actually get... um, subject 20 up so what i may do is, is just just maybe change the order um every time we do well, one of these every, every you know every, the twice yeah. the twice a year that we do these maybe um just just <laughs> mix just, it up mix them up a little bit and obviously yes, once yes. once we've dealt with a subject um in a show then i'll replace it with something else so which we try not, worth, we try not to repeat ourselves too much it, 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 it is worth noting it is worth noting that whilst it isn't the consider show i don't know what the list of topics are Mm. Um, Rob has shared them in the past and there's probably links somewhere in my emails of what they are but I haven't looked so I'm rolling blind so we try and keep it a bit fresh both of us about what we're talking about that's um, fine and yeah. we can't be can't be led either way mm. so I'm going to roll my 20 first okay number one number one okay films I have walked out of ooh now this is this this, this could go one of either way um, obviously a film that you just could not sit through for whatever reason or the other the other example of that that i'd give is i used to go to film festivals quite a bit mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. those those heady bygone days where you could go into this room dark room full of people you could sit and watch not just one film but you could watch a whole evening of the or you could go for 12 hours watching movies all-nighters were great Especially, I used to go to um, the Scala in King's Cross when it was a cinema club. You do them quite regularly. So you go in at sort of six, seven o'clock, watch a whole plethora of horror movies up until sort of six, seven o'clock in the morning, in which case you'd sort of stumble out looking a lot like the sort of zombie that you've been watching on the big screen. And you'd go home and probably try and get some sleep or not, as it may be, depending on what kind of pharmaceuticals and or intoxicants that you've been imbibing through mm-hmm. the course of that evening. What I tended to find was that the last film of the evening would always be the one that I either fell asleep halfway through and realised that I honestly just had to get out or just, just, just I, I, I kind of left because I knew that I was going to have to catch a last train or something like that. So mm. there's a few of those floating around. The one that sort of springs to mind is, um, oh, I'm going to have to do a, a quick little bit of research, but it was this bizarre kind of Japanese 
sort of manga horror kind of thing about Frankenstein. I don't know um, if that rings any bells with you at there's, all. There's a whole bunch. There's like Samurai Girl. There's a, there's a whole bunch of slocky, um, Robo Geisha, that kind of thing. There's a whole sort of, not universe of them, but there's a bunch there. So it could be any of them. Um, so I'm was, it, just, was it live action animated? It was, it was live action, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean got, the effects I've, were almost kind of sub uh, Power Rangers, but with a yes. lot more girl, a lot more I, gore in them. I've got a couple. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got Robo Geisha. Um, it was under that. Oh, Robo here we go. Vampire. Vampire Girl versus Frankenstein Girl. That sounds familiar. Yes. That, that yeah. Is that sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And that was actually, now, that was the last movie in the 2009 Fright Fest that I went to. Fright Fest mm. be, being obviously the premier horror movie festival in the UK. And that movie was just bonkers hilarious but at the same time i was exhausted for a day full of this sort of stuff and knew that i was gonna have to jump on the train home and sadly vampire girl versus frankenstein girl was the point where my line having seen them you aren't missing much um <laughs> but they are they are a lot of fun yeah. they are a lot of fun um but yes it's i can see why it's one you'd bail out on um so i'm see this is interesting to it for me because for the longest time, I made an absolute point of never walking out of anything. Mm. That no matter how much I disliked a movie, I would see it through to the end. Yep. Um, and this held true for probably the first 30 years of my life. That even okay. if I really disliked a movie, I would see it through to the end. Because I thought, it's not, you know, there's so many movies that achieve greatness or brilliance by its end. Films like The Usual Suspects, which is a brilliant yep. film, that... I remember showing that to one of my friends when we were teenagers, and he's like, it's fine, I don't stand. It's a, it's a thriller, I don't get it was. Until the last five minutes, when it just gets amazing. Mm. Um, and I tried to stick with films no matter what. And this all came to a head when one random Tuesday afternoon, I was off work, I sat down to watch Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, okay. That, and I, that's not the way I thought you would have gone there. but um, okay. And I got about half an hour in, and the phone rang. And it was some friend, whatever, I can't remember about. Making the phone call for like 20 minutes, having a phone call, hanging up and just being like, I just don't want to go back. And so I didn't. And I <laughs> never went back. Wow. And, and I've okay. never seen the last. This was, this was at home. This wasn't in the cinema. Ah, it was at home. Okay. So this is the first time in my entire life, age 30, where I didn't watch the entire film. Wow. Um, in, in, now, I did do a film degree and I was a yep. student. So there were many times when my, I had my 8 a.m. viewings of movies for my course that I would fall asleep in them mm-hmm. um, because I'd been out too late. Um, but that was the first time in my life I actually remember thinking, I am not going back. I will say this. There was, there was something I I did, for a brief period, I reviewed movies for a now defunct website called Need to Consume. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, I remember. And I was... I took the opportunity when I was doing it because we had cinema cards to go and watch Knock Knock, which is a oh. Keanu Reeves starring revenge movie, shall we say? Um, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's a little bit like that um, Michael Haneke uh, with the two with the two guys in white. Um, yes, uh, Funny Games. Fun, funny Games. That's it. Yeah, it's, yeah, kind it's of a, a bit like that version of that. Yes, of that basically. Um, and we got about my wife and I are there, and I'm there to review it, so I've got to sit through it. Yeah. Um, about 20 minutes in, my wife leans up and goes, I'm leaving. This is terrible. <laughs> I'm leaving. And she, I'm like, oh, I, 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 can't, I can't leave. I've got a stage. like, I know, but I'm leaving. And so she went shopping for an hour around town while I watched <laughs> what is one of the worst films I've seen in a long time. Um, and I was like sitting there going, oh, she's left, man. I should have gone with her. This is, ter- this is terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I will. See, would, you, would you not have potentially said that there's there's maybe a story in this film is so bad I couldn't sit through it? Um, I feel, do you feel like that there, there, there has to be, you, you know, like you say, you are there to sort of do it, so you have to sit yeah. through it even though you don't want to. Yeah, and I think as as I mentioned earlier, with with some movies, some movies come good later at the end, and that things sure. things are thrown into you harsh relief by the ending or whatever. And I thought, well. I'll stick through it, you know, see if it's just, you know, but I, it didn't get any better. It just got worse and worse and worse. And it's just a film. Yeah. But I will say this, just to carry on this topic, mm. new listeners, you'll realise that Rob and I start somewhere and go wildly off from there and these things. <laughs> um, we believe in going off-road. I 
in my final film at university, had my lecturer walk out of my movie. Wow, that's impressive. Um, yeah, so and like, I still passed the course because it was it was peer reviewed and all that stuff by um, other lecturers and stuff. But my actual film production, video production lecturer walked out. It was a five minute film, and he walked out. Good luck. Um, impressive. In fairness, so- it was pretty. Like, it was a touchy subject film in terms right. of. I, I, I think it's, I think the film is on YouTube somewhere. But essentially, it was a documentary style about a video about a woman caring for her sick boyfriend. Right. And it's a face to camera interviews about her friends, his friends, her, all of that. Her, his family talking about how some people are like she's brilliant, she looks after him, all that stuff. I'm being well, you know, we don't really see him anymore and that stuff. And it turns out about halfway through, just after the scene in which she discusses her continual need to do, as she puts it, her womanly duties to him. And you have a couple of shots of them, you know. At it. At it. Uh, you discover that he's dead. Oh, right, okay. That he ha- died of this illness a while back and has been dead for a while. And nice. the rest of the film continues in the same vein in which <laughs> you see her do things with him, make him coffee, give him a, some oral affection and all these kind of things. Nothing graphic, right. there wasn't, wasn't a graphicness to it. It was all implied and that stuff. But it was certainly meant to be very, very darkly humorous. Black yeah, yeah, comedy, yeah. what I was looking for. Um, and apparently my lecturer just didn't truck with that. And just at the point at which it was revealed that he was dead, he just stood up and went, I'm not watching this, this is filth, and left. <laughs> See, that's shocking. That is like, genuinely shocking. You know, uh, value judgment from a lecturer is just I'm, not on. I'm 21. Like, literally, I'm a kid doing my degree. I'm starting in filmmaking. And I'm like, what What do I do? What do I say? I'm like, he left. He, that's just it's yeah. bizarre, isn't it? I mean, yeah, when, I, when I was at college, we, we, we were shown things like uh, 120 Days of Sodom and things yeah. like that. I mean, with, with very... very explicit warnings about what we were about to see and and why it was important we were taught the film mm. but at the same time it was kind of like well okay fine yeah i can see where where that's coming from so yeah. for for a lecturer to reject your material and, and and not actually give it the subjectivity that it necessarily deserved just that's, yeah it's yeah it, it it's it's of the same kind of thing as if you had been paid to review um knock knock and yep. have walked out yeah it's it, it, it it's it's that sort of dereliction of duty again, it was so i mean no i mean not in, in anyone's defense but like my i did a film and tv studies degree at a non-technical non-art college shall we say, normal standard right. uh polytechnic yeah. and my course was a very large course a lot of people on my course wanted a degree and didn't really care what it was in so they chose film and tv because it would be easy so yeah. a lot of the films were not trying to push anything or do anything, they were getting a degree. And that's fair, that, 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 no problem with that as a sort of life choice, but it meant that it wasn't like doing a film school, a film school and that stuff. Sure. Um, it wasn't an art course, it was just like kind of a studies course. So yeah. there were a few of us who made films that were the more out there compared to other films, shall we say, but I did think it was an overreaction. Um, so that, that's my big tale of hey, he, he. I, I'd say I'm pretty pretty sure it is on YouTube somewhere and if I can find it I will pull it out I would love um, to see this I'll and, really and I'll stick it in the links just so, I can, just so I can switch it off halfway through and say um, that's revolt no, I, like, see what, I see the point that he was trying to make there um, and in fairness like, it, it is a terrible student film like, it's a bad film because it is because I made it was 21 and you know we're shooting on mini TV cameras it's not a good film but yeah, I think walking out was probably a little bit of an every action. Definitely. So were there any movies that you genuinely wish that you had walked out of? I mean, apart from um, Knock Knock, are there any that you particularly um, feel that there is no merit in this movie whatsoever? I really wish I hadn't spent me on it. I think the, old, the older I've got, the more I've thought, I viewed it as time wasted. Yeah. So when I've watched a film and I thought, you know what, I could have gone home and put on a good film, a good movie. Now I've got them at home, I've got all these movies, I've got a good setup, I can watch a film at home quite nicely. And when I had my um, unlimited card, it was, I could just walk out and get something else. Yeah. To that end, there are two films that live in infamy in my life as I'm like, it was abysmal and I should have left earlier than I did. Um, okay. And they are Batman versus Superman. Oh, see, I, I knew from the start that there was no way I was going to waste money on that one. Um, it was, depressingly, it was the last film 
that my wife and I saw before we had our daughter. We went out. Oh. We went out for, you know what, we, we, we're getting to the, towards the end of pregnancy now. We can't go out. Matilda didn't, my daughter didn't like loud noises, so you can go out too much. Yeah. We thought, well, we'll just go see see one last film. Um, before it all kicks off, we go into having a newborn. We don't see movies at all. We're going to meet cinema for a year. We'll and see you chose movies. that. It and was all that. It was all that was on that we get to get for. Oh, right. Um, and we, it was just so bad. And we have to, my wife is a Superman super fan. Oh. She is a huge fan of Superman. Um, to the point where at our wedding, we had red capes um, to run around in for a bit. I, 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 I was there and I, 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 can, I can ascertain as a witness, as an eyewitness, that they did this. And um, um, so, and she hated it and it was terrible. Um, so that was my first one where I think I should have put that one. The other one, I'm going to have to do a little bit of Googling because I can't remember its name. It is a Johnny Depp private detective movie. Right from a couple of years ago it was played as a comedy um oh it's not the thing called? where he sort of plays this sort of posh character with a with a moustache that is exactly mordecai it, it was called mordecai <sighs> so one of the things that my wife and i used to do when we before we did everything else we, we go and see two films we do a double bill yeah we go out for one movie get some food second movie and it would always be a case of one of us would pick each film yeah and it was literally an open door if you want to see a film you pick a film we'll see it yeah yeah um, and I cannot remember what the first film we saw was. We saw some film, really liked it. I think it was The Paperboy, maybe? I don't know what was out on that week, but I'll probably Google it and find out. Okay. Um, but we saw that, and it was good. It was a great film. Yeah, good fun yeah, choice. Lovely. Yeah. Went back for Mordecai. The trailer is very funny for Mordecai. Mm. And we saw a movie, and it was just so bad. So bad. And we left it and it's my, it was my wife's choice it was her choice and so as the the non-chooser I feel I've got to be tactful I've got to be a bit like you know well it was your film me hating doesn't matter because it was your film mm. um, and she walked out and went well that was shit wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> I can only apologise and I'm like yes yes it was <laughs> yes but yeah I mean those there have been many bad films sort of, but those are the two at the back I think I should have just yeah. left should have yeah. just left what about you, Rob? Um, well, it's interesting you mention um, Batman versus Superman because the only one that really springs to mind, but it does immediately spring to mind, is um, Zack Snyder's um, passion project. Um, his his work of art, the the thing that was going to elevate him to the status of a true artist among filmmakers, uh, and that was Sucker Punch. Fair which, enough. Fair it, enough. Which is just an astonishing piece of work it is just this just thinking about it now i can feel my jaw sort of hinging open slightly because it is just such an extraordinary car crash um weird inappropriately sexual um just bizarre storytelling that sort of bounces between different sort of timelines and different scenarios it it feels like like a really badly put together video game Mm. crossed with um a really badly drawn and written comic book the sort of comic where um there's tons of detail in in all the backgrounds and all the the robots and all the cool stuff but they've forgotten about things like anatomy so no one's hands look right or the feet aren't right and that sort of thing it's just it, it i mean i almost recommend you have a look at it if you haven't because it is just such an absolutely mind-bogglingly just bizarre piece of work um i can't call it art by any means and we actually uh, me and my wife claire went and uh, we went with the mate of ours kate who was who had a regular kind of uh film review site so she regularly you know she cheerfully go to the picture two three times a week and she she dragged us along to um to suck a punch and she apologized profusely on the way out said we should have we honestly should have <laughs> we should have walked halfway through i have another one i do have another one just thinking about kate actually um kate dragged me along almost as a dare to the second twilight movie the name of which escapes me breaking dawn sunset some stars and that's something like that i can't i cannot remember i've, I've tried to wipe the memory from from my mind and just could not do it again just this awful clunky mess of a movie um 
what stuck in my mind the most actually was well two things none of which were actually associated with themselves number one when i walked in and gave the guy at the Odin in oxford my ticket he tore it in half looked and sort of smirked and said have fun <laughs> and the second thing was just before the lights went down i suddenly realized i was probably the only male of voting age in the entire cinema yeah the, the rest of it was basically Girls of a certain age. Oh, there, there, there were two of them. Well, yeah, I was the only male of voting age. There was me and Kate and then teenage girls and their slightly bewildered friends. <laughs> and that was it. See, I have seen the first Twilight film twice in my life. Okay. I went back. Um, first time as a, not a bet or a dare, but a challenge from a friend. A friend of mine who, shall remain nameless, is a big fan of the books and the movies. Um, and he always okay. was, and he is a, it's very out of character for him, but he loves both of them. And he want, and we were giving him crap about this one night. And he's like, you know what, guys, you've never read any of them. You've never watched any of them. Don't give me crap about this. Sure. And I was like, you know what? That is a fair point. It's a fair point. Valid, valid, valid response. We're at a party at his house. Um, it winds down. I get up there. I'm, I'm an early riser. I get up in the following morning and I'm the only one up in the house. So I watch the Twilight film. I'm thinking, he brought it up last night, I should watch it. So I watched it. It was terrible. Um, and then we have, on my other podcast, The Prestige, we've been doing, we did a series of vampire films, looking at the history of vampire films from Nosferatu all the way through to what we do in the shadows. And we covered Twilight because it seemed, felt wrong to do vampire films and not do it. And so I saw it again for that, and it's still terrible. Sadly so. Well, well the second one's even worse. Excellent. Art. Because the, sec- the, the second one is, is super lazy storytelling based on the success. You talking about being dragged to see that has um, maybe remember a story I've probably told before, to, maybe to you, I'm not sure if I've done it on the podcast, is that uh, must have been, as I say, let's say eight years ago, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, eight, nine years ago. Um, I knew moving to my area where I live now, and through my wife, we thought, well, go, it's in double dates. We've got some friends who are couples. Let's go, go see movies. So we used to go out with couples and see movies. And sure. one couple from Sarah's work, you know, we got quite well at work. We thought, well, we'll go out movies. So let's pick a film. So Sarah and I, thought, we'll pick a film. You know, we're in the film, but we'll pick a film and we'll go out for dinner and see a movie. So we go out, mm-hmm. lovely dinner, lovely dinner. We go and see a movie and we choose to see Killer Joe. <laughs> because we realised after the fact that not everybody likes films like me and Sarah like. We were watching anything. We enjoy a lot of movies. We didn't see anything wrong with watching a William Friedrich, you know, Matthew McConaughey starring movie, a thriller. Those who want the of you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's 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 great filmmaking, but it's it's not sort of fun Friday night. No, double Uh, date movie. For those who aren't in the know. if you, if you want to be spoiled, spoiled, jump forward, say, a minute. Um, but the film features an extended sequence in which Matthew McConaughey forces Gina Gershon to perform oral sex on a chicken drumstick he's holding in front of his crotch. Um, and we took this couple who we just met and were hoping to form a friendship with um, to see this movie. On our recommendation, it wasn't even a case of, well, we don't know, we'll pick it up random. Like, well, we feel like this, this is right up our street. We'll see this. Um, we never went out with them again, and we're no longer friends. Wow. Um, yeah. I can't say I'm surprised. No, I'm being here. I think it's me and Sarah. Like, that was great, wasn't it? And they're like, was it? Was that, is this what you do for fun? <laughs> so, yes, they, 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 they didn't walk out, but uh, they also never went with us again. <laughs> so yeah now that is that, yeah that's an impressive story yeah that was one of those ones so shall I begin sir yes please do okay nine nine is low numbers tonight it is isn't it um, that joke isn't funny anymore <sighs> well this feels feels doesn't it yes 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 um, I obviously well I punctuated it um, all in caps so I obviously had um, the Smiths in mind when I wrote that particular one, um, mm. which means I guess we get to talk a little bit about Morrissey. And- Do we have to? <laughs> uh, okay, what the, what the hell happened? It's, yeah, it's-, um, it's one of those things. Uh, I'm going to try to talk in the abstract a little bit because I think that's the best way to handle these things. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's very hard when you find some art you like 
and art that mm. speaks to you, especially an art that is so singular in vision as music. Yeah. And it turns out that the person who wrote that doesn't share a lot of things with you. Because you feel that music yeah. somehow speaks to you. So you listen to music and you're like, oh, this person gets me. This person understands mm. me. This person experiences everything I experience and they know how I feel and they have will end up in the same place I am on a lot of things because they have this same emotion. And because, if I'm honest, we often consider the arts to be liberal, left-leaning worlds, mm. when it turns out that they're not... It can be a bit of a kick yeah. in the teeth. For me, I mean, for me, for me personally, sort of just, just moving slightly back from the abstract, mm. um, I felt when I first listened to The Smiths, which would have been 82, I was still 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 at school. Um, the year I was born. They, they, oh, Rob, <laughs> goodness sake. Sorry, sorry, Karen. As, as you were, as you were. As, yeah, as I was with another couple of grey hairs. There we go. Um, at least you have hairs. Come on, at least you have hairs. I have so many hairs. I have so many hairs. In, no in the lockdown, hairs. I haven't had my hair cut for like four months. Oh. It is shocking. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I could develop a quiff like Morrissey's now. I've, I've got that much hair. Um, but the Smiths, I, I kind of discovered them when I was off, off school, ill. And it was the point where Radio 1 started playing. I think it was this charming man. And I'd never heard anything like that before and it just spoke to me so many mm. different ways means so i basically when i came back into school the following week i got been out at the weekend and bought the sing- single and i was just ranting and raving about this brilliant new band the smiths and people just looked at me like i was oh that uh, that weird morrissey bl- what do you like him for oh he's a bit oh you know and that made it even more important for me the smiths became even more important because they were very much my band there they, they, they were the band that spoke more clearly to me than any of these idiots at school what do they know me and morrissey we obviously have a higher understanding of the of the delicacy of nature of um, what relationships can be and clearly there was introversion in there as well which i which i was obviously starting to feel at the time as well so everything spoke to me on on a very very core level and then over time, as he became more and more right wing, or well, I guess he was always right wing, but became even more into verbally, down, down vocally, slippery slope, verbally, vocally, you know, sort of doing things like the National Front disco and things like that. And it was just, it became increasingly hard to either excuse his behaviour or even understand it. Mm. So that's kind of where where that came from, and, and, and where he stands now. It's like, oh, I just. I, I, I honestly do not know who this person is anymore. And that's just a massive sadness for mm. me because he was the, the, the music of the Smiths, his lyrics were such a formative part of my childhood. You must, you must kind of feel like, well, have I been lied to all this time? Is this what I base my life on? Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, I'm, I never was a huge Smith fan like you were, but it is, mm. I mean, one of the ones for me that really is troublesome is J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm a big Potter fan. I love the Potter books. I really, I'm a really big fan of her um, follow-up, the uh, sort of other books she's written as post Potter. Even things like the Casual Vacancy, which didn't get a lot of love, but I did enjoy them. And the Robert Garbraith movies, um, movie books, mm-hmm. I really like them. But she at times isn't a very nice person on Twitter, no, and seems isn't. to be falling into what is collectively known as the turf camp and being mm. a bit transphobic at times and just being a bit a bit shit and you're just like but you crafted this beautiful world about fighting oppression and being who you are and you made this thing that meant so much to me ah. it is t- you know you know is they there's the whole thing about never you know don't meet heroes mm. or i mean the latest just a couple of days ago chris Novos- novoselic of um ex nirvana mm has come out vocally in favour of Donald Trump now. Oh, did you have to do yeah. that? Really? You used to be so cool. And it, it makes me sound like this disappointed 15-year-old, which I guess, I, you know, I think somewhere in all of us, there's still that slightly disappointed 15-year-old mm. that just goes, you're going to be cool and you're just not. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, people, people grow, people change as well. That's the thing. You know, they say people become more politically one way or the other as they get older you know some people get get more right wing some people get more left wing um i shudder to think which direction they go in satanist probably 
I'm not sure Satan is a political view, but uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can make it political. I'd vote for you, Rob. Oh, hail Satan! Yes, hail Satan. Ah, <laughs> oh, but that is now, now the name of the episode. Hail oh, Satan. There you go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's strange. But I will say, there's for me, it's been a bit of the reverse as well, mm. which is a strange one on. in that. I'm a fan of Frank Turner. Okay, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of his music. Um, he was our first dancer, our wedding. A big fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used to have some very hard libertarian views, shall we say. Oh, really? Okay. That I was not a fan of, particularly. Sure. Yeah. Um, they didn't And it was always one of those weird things where, like, he'd say some stupid things in the press and you're like, well, oh, come on, man, you know, you write, write these stories, like you're, you're an old punk like me. We, you know. And over the last, I don't know, 10 years, has really moved back from that and brought a lot more of humanity and empathy into his views and has changed. And sure. obviously, you've got to be honest here, like, it means he's more aligned with me rather than anything else. Like, <laughs> like you know, that's why I think it's better because he agrees with me. Um, yeah. But yeah, Well, of course. It has been quite... Nice to see that element of, oh, God, go away. And, you know, he's done a bunch in lockdown, in a bunch of concerts um, mm. to help save venues and to raise money for things. He does these, like, hour-long playing-from-home concerts and songs. It's like, that's ace. That's really ace. And, you know, it's been really nice to see him kind of, not, I would say, like, grow and mature, which is the wrong thing to say, but change and become, in my mind, more empathic. Yeah, definitely. Um, the prime example of that, and I never thought these these words would fall from my lips, but prepare yourself because they're about to, is I'm kind of becoming a bit more of a fan of Piers Morgan at the moment. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. That is just bizarre, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's possible it's as much of a stance as everything else he's ever done is, mm. but for him to come out so solidly on behalf of the NHS and key workers and people like that and, and really start to take, government for task using his platform almost as a as a as a force for good as opposed to sort of coming out against things like the greg's vegan sausage roll and things like that is 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 frankly quite extraordinary to watch mm. i mean he, he seems very very popularist and he'll follow the winds there but it is yeah. you know he he could have you know continued to be a bit of a, a lapdog for the government and hasn't he's kind of gone no this is this is wrong and stand up for it uh, yeah. And there is there is some respect for that, I think. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where we stand sort of six months down the line. Yes. I mean, who knows where we're going to be six months down the line. But for now, it's kind of like, good on you, Piers Morgan. Keep mm. up in this direction and, you know, don't, don't backslide, mate. You know, you, you've actually got some momentum behind now from, from unexpected members of the populace, <laughs> such as myself. Yes, who would have thought that you and I were sitting here saying nice things about Piers Morgan? I know. Not me, two months ago. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, exactly. It's just oh, extraordinary stuff. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think th- it's it's it, it's a fascinating thing to be kind of disappointed by your heroes mm. and at the same time possibly pleasantly surprised by people that you honestly would have thought were foes. And I think the problem is that we've got these people that we venerate from a distance mm. and. In reality, we know nothing about them, absolutely nothing apart from what we read in the papers. We read interviews that could have been selectively um, edited, probably have been selectively selectively edited. Um, and it's about PR and marketing mm. and, you know, social media can, al- can also give a, 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 a false light to things. So really what it comes down to is if you're prepared to be disappointed by someone you thought you respected, <laughs> you, you don't respect the person, you respect the image. Yeah. Now this is one of those weird things where by the nature of our jobs, um, Rob and I have in the past existed closer to fame than the average man mm. because we have worked in the film industry um, and Rob always does. And I will say that like, I, when I worked, I spent a couple of years working on film sets um, and so I would meet and work with household names. I'd work with proper celebrities. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to tell tales, name names for people who are badly paid, because there are some of them. Um, but overwhelmingly, I found people who were proper famous, like my mum and my nan, I've heard this person, proper famous, mm. have been lovely. Yeah. Um, people like 
George Clooney and Brad Pitt, who are these worldwide stars, have just been lovely. And it's always been very nice to have your expectations met in that respect. Mm. Um, and well, we're, we're wildly off topic now um, in terms of uh, where we started. But I am going to tell a story that's going to be a giant name drop. Well, all I would say, bef- all I would say before you start is that actually part of the list, one, one of the one of the items on our list is I had that dot 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 in the back of my suite once. So if we're going to continue down this road, oh. which I think we probably are now. Then let's save um, these stories for that day. Shall we save the stories for that save, day? Save, I mean, yes, let's. This is more of a story for that one. Um, but I will say then that there, that I would say that people who I've met who are really famous have overwhelmingly been very nice, and that's yes. always been really nice um, to see people who you look up to and respect. Think, oh gosh, yeah, you are a nice person. Mm. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it's kind of it's weird when people can have a really bad reputation in press, um, and they tend to be really nice, and that's often mm. sort of a weird disconnect as well. Yeah, definitely. The the other thing about that, of course, is that again you co- you kind of reacting to a kind of very limited mm-hmm. set of experiences with that person yeah. as well. Um, which is why I think that the 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 I had that dot 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 in the back of my suite once is going to be an interesting discussion when we do finally get to it yes. because um, it's there's there's the sort of stuff that me and Rob do or did is effectively yes uh, there, there's there's an element of performance to mm. what we do and i think there's an element of performance to the way what we do is reacted to yes. as well and i think that ties into the sort of experiences that we have with these people yes i mean i think you when i first because rob was involved in the injury before me um and was one of my mentors when i was starting out um oh, and I, I remember a bit of advice you gave me way way back when I first got my first job as a colorist you said to me it's more about running the room than running the tech absolutely and I still stand by and that it, yeah. it was honestly one of the best things I had because it was like yeah like the color's important and what, what you're doing is important but if you can run that room if you can manage the people in that room that will get you further than anything else and it's one thing that I, I, I didn't always get right but it was one thing that I really learned from Rob when I was starting out was that that mantra and it got me through a lot but one day I will yeah. tell you about the time when we had a fist fight but that's for the other topic. <laughs> now, yeah, I, I almost feel like I need to to, to game game the, um, the dice roll now. We'll see how it goes. This. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I will say this from the to bring it back to the topic. The um, sure. Not anymore. One of the things this is jumping wildly from what we're talking about to back to that is that I watch a lot of old films. Mm-hmm. In terms of old, I mean I watch sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Um, I'm not okay, so not that old then. not old classic but a lot of those sure. films and a lot of forgotten yeah. films yeah um, I'm a big believer in the movies that fall through the cracks and preserving those movies that never left VHS or never left being on film sure. um, and you've got to come at a lot of these movies with a giant a massive giant filter on them because mm. what was funny in the 70s in a sex comedy is just not funny anymore Oh my god! Yes, you're so right, so right, and and that's bizarre actually, because like movies of the eighties that I kind of sort of, well not not necessarily grew up on, but mm. certainly that were around when I was at college, when I was in a very you know impressionable kind of state of mind in terms of the movies that I would be watching and venerating all the way through mm. my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of the the eighties movies like um. Okay, I'll, I'll give you an example in a sec, but yeah, absolutely, they are massively problematic in places. Yeah, and, and I, I am a one of my niches. I very much enjoy is the sort of exploitation movie. Is the um, funny, not sex romp, but like that kind of coming of age teen movie. I enjoy a lot of those things, um, and some of them really have aged badly. Not only their sexual politics, even like big ones like Pretty in Pink and the John Hughes stuff have really questionable sexual morals. Um, yeah, no. and things like um, was it Revenge of the Nerds has like a hefty chunk of racism in that movie, hefty chunk of racism, and and like it's very easy I think to throw out these movies going well they're problematic so I won't watch them although they should just go away and I think there are certain movies that you know what let's just let them die you know some movies like just are unrelentingly unpleasant and should just probably just go yeah I own some of them um, but I think. I think if you are to appreciate film history and appreciate the moment, you've got to at some point to be able to accept that things are problematic. 
and watch them anyway. Yeah, I mean, film is is very much a record of the time in which mm. it was made. I mean, the thing I think about is the we have another show on, on the Code Film Network called um, the Space Jam Continuum, in which they're watching mm. all of the, of the Looney movies, or the shows from the first one all the way through to now. Yeah, um, and. Of the Looney Tunes, there are some incredibly racist movies or shows in there. Incredibly racist animations, and mm, they have skipped—they've skipped a lot of those. Like they've gone, you know what? We are trying to do a comedy thing. We're making one cohesive universe of all the episodes. But if they're such racist ones, we're just not going to touch them. They're just not even worth. Anything. And even having done that, in the early days, there was a lot of whoo, that was racist. Mm. Even outside of the, the cohort of renowned for these banned films, there's so much in there. And you've got to, I think, you've, to be able to appreciate this stuff, you've got to be able to go, that bit is really problematic. And I accept mm. that and I understand that. But I'm still going to enjoy this. I'm still yeah. going to enjoy Harry Potter. Yeah. Even though absolutely. I don't like J.K. Rowling, maybe, and some things you think. And I hope, I, I don't know, I hope maybe that whilst Morrissey has his issues, it's problematic. Mm hmm. The music still speaks to you. Oh, it doesn't stop me listening to the Smiths on a regular basis. And Perhaps not. I don't want this to be, you know, two white guys roiling against internet cancel culture because it feels like an incredibly dull conversation. But mm. I think there is an element that you've got to be able to separate out. You know, problematic is true and important, but it hasn't got to mean censored. It hasn't got yeah. to mean cancelled. It can just be problematic problems with that not perfect i'm aware of them i'm not blind to them but by accepting them i can move on and enjoy the thing yeah absolutely it's 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 about that other c you know in the mm. conversation which is context of yeah. course you know as i say it's about being a record of the times in which um it was created and yeah sure there you know there are issues but you can't you, you that becomes increasingly a part of the package yeah as well absolutely yeah i mean it's interesting you were mentioning um john hughes earlier on because mm. the, the one example that i wanted to raise was the breakfast club mm. which is which has got some major problems you know not not least um the whole point that ali sheedy effectively sort of becomes a completely different person in order to get the guy at the end of the movie which is just she was so much hot before. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That and the whole under the table thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's it's but that film Breakfast Club is an amazing film, and we we, we literally covered it a few weeks, few months ago on Prestige talking about high school movies. Yeah. And it is it is the titan of that genre for so many reasons. But you can't you can't watch these things uncritically. You've got to go. Well, that's that, and I hope they wouldn't make that now. Hmm. You can go that bit there, really messed up, really not cool. Where in today's morals, bad thing. Mm. Still, watch the music montage in the middle of it. Top yep. thing. Yeah. Exactly. Don't you forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic. Oh, so wonderful. I mean, it was it was funny. We, um, me and Claire, went to see the 4K restoration of it when cinemas. <gasps> I don't know if it was last year or late 2018. Um, and it was great. It was a wonderful experience and the pictures that never looked better. But that was the point where all the problematic bits mm. of the, of mm. the movie were sort of right up there on the big screen, slapping as drops. And it was kind yeah. of like, we still love this movie, but boy, howdy, there are some weird, there, there are, yeah. there are some problems. And I think for John's film, Fuse films, like it wasn't that bad. It, it, I think it's, um, 16 Candles where like there's a lot of this A's and, terrible racism in that movie but like mm. he sells her underwear and it's just like there's a bit where they, they, they make out with a, a gorgeous girl it's like there's some really really questionable bits here really weird yeah. anyway Rob anyway. that's been an hour let's wrap it up there okay where, where can people find you um, you can find me um, increasingly um, regularly these days on my blog Excuses and Half Truths That's it's very good excusesandhalftruths.com I've started doing a regular um sort of newslettery update of the things that i've found in in the media that um i've i've enjoyed um over the past week so i'm trying to get into doing that more regularly just as a rather than just me browsing and going oh that's fun sort of waving mm. it at, at claire and then sort of moving it on dump them dump them into a, 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 a draft post in, in, in wordpress and then mm. um giving it a little bit of context and friday morning nine o'clock 
off it goes. So nice. that's there. Um, I'm also doing more stuff on my, uh, my, I always hesitate to call it a radio show because again, it's, it's, it's fairly intermittently, um, out there you know it's not like it's monday to friday drive time show or anything like that but wrob radio i do um the occasional show usually on a theme these days it's either a theme or i'll get someone to come in and um sort out a, a, a playlist of different bits and pieces i've got one coming up on introversion which i'm actually really quite proud of so that should be coming out in the next few days i'll, I'll get a link to, yes, to that the- but by the time this episode is out, it will already be out from Rob. So we should throw a link in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Um, always good fun to do. Um, it kind of takes excuse from um, slightly more freeform radio stations like WFMU um, out of Jersey City, where they'll they'll basically play about five, six tunes at a time, just mix them all and then do a bit of chat. So it's that kind of thing as opposed to it being tune talk, tune talk, tune talk. It's a little mm. bit more um, more open than that so rob how about you where can we find you um on all the podcasts um so predominantly you can can find me on twitter i'm on kaiju fm that's probably where i am the most in terms of being on social media apart from Mm -hmm. that i'm on this show i have a couple of other shows i do one called the prestige which is me and my friend sam talking about films for which is great absolutely excellent if you've not listened to that guys you really do need to get a handle on it because it's 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 a properly deep dive from two very passionate film fans so um so we're we're currently deep into season four of that and we're going about five years and we're looking at high school movies we just an episode on sing street which is amazing Uh, if you haven't seen sing street you need to see sing street it's wonderful Mm, definitely Uh, I also do a show called Lawmasters, which is about D&D stuff. And I've recently started a new show called The Puzzle Box, which is a 12-part audio puzzle. Sweet. Um, The plan with that one, because I'm quite proud of it, is there are 12 episodes. There Mm -hmm. are two released so far, episodes one and two. As soon as someone cracks one of those, I'll listen to three. And we'll roll forwards with two episodes out at any one time. uh, Two unsolved episodes out at one time. It's been a month. No one solved yet. They're meant to be hard. Sounds interesting. I might have to check that out. But I very much enjoy it. It's one of those shows where I love writing it, and I almost don't care if no one solves it. Um, so, yeah, the puzzle box. I'll put links to all this in the show notes. Um, but if you like puzzles, um, and you're willing to invest the time and effort into solving these, um, hopefully you'll find it fun too. Fantastic. And we'll be back, hopefully, before six months is out. Before Christmas. That, 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 yeah, before Christmas. Thing, before but Christmas genuinely, we make no promises. <laughs> what can I say? We, we're like the wind. We appear, we disappear. We are, we are just uncontrollable. And that works for me. Brilliant. Nice one. Okay, thank you ever so much for listening, guys. Um, we will see you next time we do one of these.